Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as Mark Lemon Official on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I speak with mother, wife, and award-winning blogger, Laura Bailey. Laura speaks with me about the death of her sister, living with stage four cancer, and her lasting legacy for her family. You can find Laura on Instagram as that mum with cancer. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston Switch. Okay, as mentioned in my introduction, Today I'm speaking with someone that I have been meaning to speak to for a very long time now, but through to circumstances and the, the way life has gone, unfortunately we haven't been able to do it. But today is the first time in two years that I've been able to sit down face to face with someone and speak to them for the podcast and it's Laura Bailey. How are you? I'm good. I mean I blame COVID for the two year wait, but I'm here now so... Here we are. And for the listeners, would you be able to introduce yourself and tell them who you are and all that stuff? I am Laura Bailey. Um, I'm a mother of three children. Well, one's an adult. She's 20 this year. Um, And then a 10-year-old boy and a little girl who's six. I'm also a wife, sister, part-time writer, worst blogger in the world. That's not true. A lot going on. Um, yeah. And obviously for the listeners and this podcast being what it is, would you be able to just tell them what your experience is with grief, please? Oh, it's my longest standing friend. Um, oh, well, it all goes back to when my, my sister died when, she, when I was a kid. She was a year older than me. Um, and I've been regularly attending funerals ever since. It's... Um, yeah, which has given me some handy little tools 
because in 2017 I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, which for obvious reasons blew my little world apart. And um, I think I've actually done all right mentally, not so much physically because I still have it. But um, yeah, grief. Are we allowed to swear? Okay, of course. Oh, grief is a shitter. But if you don't let it consume you and you can use it as a tool, you you just, I think, have a better perspective on life and things that happen to you. And that's what I like to do. That's what I like to try and spread is that you don't have to succumb to the, the pit of doom and that actually use it to look for the silver linings and then that kind that kind of becomes a bit addictive to have like a cup half full that kind of um yeah it comes like your mission because i think it's easy just to well that's it the universe hates me why is this that's you know valid completely but at the same that's easy if you start looking for the little signs not only is that comforting but they are there you, you know, you're not defined by the, the loss that you've had or, you know, or the tragic circumstances. I think a lot of it as well with grief is just relinquishing any blame or guilt that you feel because that... I am a talker, though. I, I find it really easy to talk about my feelings. Well, that's great. I think yeah. that's why on social media, like, I love coming to your page and like seeing seeing your stories and you talking about your experience and uh and that's why we're talking today is because i knew it would be an open and an honest conversation which which is what we need isn't it yeah yeah definitely there's 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 no there's no room for bullshit in the grief especially when you're in it i find that just being to the point truthful is just the best. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't. No, there's nothing you can do that takes away the pain. Nothing fills the hole. So those, I tend not to use those um, those words or expressions to myself, because even though, you know it, it explains a feeling, a void. No, you're not actually. You know, it's not a physical void. So once you get rid of that, then you realise that no matter what you do, you're not going to stuff it. It's just a good way of explaining what that physical pain in your chest feels like. But just have it as that. That's, but you, you can't fill it. So don't try. The moment you stop trying to fill the void, you kind of just get to fuck the void. Do you know? <laughs> no, that's so true. I think, uh, I think that's what over the last few years I've become more conscious of. You know, obviously everyone's grief is individual and they all deal with it in their own way. And I think sometimes that gets confused with some people. Normally with those that haven't experienced grief and they're trying to support someone because they think, well, they'll be all right in a year or two years, you know. Everyone's got that friend who's, well, my dog died. <laughs> I know how you're feeling. That's true. <laughs> and, um, and so it's important that you do let people know how you're feeling and you yeah. do let them know that that hole will always be there. Because that's, again, it's being honest with those that have just started that yeah. road of grief. But, you know, but also letting them know that it's okay to feel like that as well. Yeah, that's what you're meant to feel like. It hurts. And you, nothing you can do can take that pain away. I just feel like so much energy is wasted trying to get somebody to 
be positive. Like I'm a very positive person in the respect that I will find a silver lining. Might take me a while, I will find it. But I'm also a massive realist. So I'm not like, a, I don't blow smoke up people's bums. I'm not like, oh, you'll feel better tomorrow. No, this is the worst, the worst. But what are you going to do now to, you know, because for every bad, there's a good. You just, I don't know, it's just a bit of a balance. But like you said, it's so subjective as well. And everybody's feelings are valid. Mine's just an opinion. I'm really not a big fan of um, self-pity either. Come on, everyone hurts. Yeah. There's a song about that. <laughs> Is it R.E.M.? R.E.M., I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm very big. I've learned this. This is not, I wasn't born with this gift, but I've had to adapt over the years that everybody's pains are valid. Everybody's grief is valid. Whether you're grieving, losing your toenails to ingrown toenails. Do you know what I mean? That's still a grief or you've, you know, you've, your kid gets diagnosed of ADHD. My best friend grieved her little boy and she didn't want to use that word to me for years. But she she had to go through a grieving process because the little boy that she thought that she was going to have, that wasn't her mother in experience. So like grief is just so, it isn't just the death of a person. It could be a relationship. It could be you, you move away. Like grief is just so everywhere, but it's treated a bit taboo still. Yeah, no, you're so right. How people get confused with a grandparent dying. Oh, they're grieving, and then you know whatever they'll they'll, they'll move on. But um, I kind of I I wanted to. Obviously, we both experienced grief at a young age. Yeah, which makes us super superhuman. <laughs> I do have yeah. Um, and I wonder how the impact of your sister Lucy, mm-hmm. how that affected you throughout your younger years and then slowly but surely obviously you've built a form of resilience you know I know I have without maybe without knowing that's probably how we've got through it yeah um how how did that impact you look Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, see, I am child of the 80s, and uh, grief wasn't spoken about. come from a very big working-class family in Fulham, and it was just, you just, you don't talk about it. She died in an accident. Um, well, she didn't die in it. She had an accident. Um, she had the life support um, turned off a few days later. But I was very much in protection of me because that's how the hospital told you to deal with it. And that's just how things were dealt with. You probably went through the same thing. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about her. Don't talk about her sister. Don't upset her. Thankfully, I'm a rebellious soul, so I'll just chat. I'll just chat about it. I'll ask questions, but I feel the education system let me down massively, but not intentionally, but there was just nothing there. Um, Now, you know, you with your dad, if that happened now, God forbid, there's so much support there. You know, all the teachers would be involved. There, you know, there's so many charities now as well. 
that and just so much re- there was no internet when I was little either so you just you, you stick to what your family did and we just didn't talk about her so you didn't receive any counseling or anything no. like that no yeah. nothing nothing I remember I had counseling for a short while but it wasn't like bereavement counseling it was crews but they dealt with just generic sort of counseling I guess and they probably didn't even do children I, you know had that feeling of well they were talking to an adult but I was 12 and uh and so you kind of were left weren't you essentially yeah to, I can't think of the charity's supported. name but there was one that reached out to my mum and she tried to um what were they called I can't remember but I, I don't they didn't didn't support her family it wasn't like a come and let's help this woman be a mother again and because people used to say to my mum all the time well at least you've got Gavin and Laura I'd like to go and slap them all all the people that said that I said to my mum as an like as an adult we would talk about it more and she um they used to call me the I don't care girl I don't react to things the way that people think that I should like I'll cry in front of everybody with an old man because he hasn't got any socks on because I think that his wife's died and he's misjudged his his washing and he hasn't got any clean socks but can talk about really like I'm so people so my nan used to nickname me the I don't care girl and it's like well no I do care I just but that's the compassion isn't it yeah that you must have got I reckon from an early age you know but like you say the the man who's got no socks or you know you 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 have that empathy and that compassion towards people yeah and I think that is one thing that the bereaved and anyone listening I think will understand is that you do that's something that is part of a superpower in the sense of yeah. you have that empathy and that compassion towards other people when they're going through something so devastating as loss. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I meet someone and they've just lost someone, or someone's just died, I immediately go back to that place and that space of how I felt, you know. Mm. So obviously that's where the compassion comes in. And, and, yeah. and so you do have that sort of empathy, don't you? Towards yeah. I also have, like like you, I think when you're bereft so young, when older people die, you know that, you know, we're, no one lives forever, we know that. So, like, when an older person dies, when I've lost, like, older people, grandparents and older aunties and uncles, I'm like, obviously I'm upset, and I'm upset for everyone, you know, I don't want anyone to hurt, but I'm like, wow, they got a whole life. They got children, grandchildren, great nieces, great nephews, like, they got to see everything. So I just, so I, it makes you better at adapting to a loss of an older person. And I think, and supporting somebody that's lost an older person. Yeah. And not to sit there and be like, well, <laughs> old people die, I lost my sister, that was trapped. Like, not anything like that. But it's like, come on now, look how much they got to see. They were happy yeah. for, for, for their life. They got to see you, they got to see your mum, like... I, I get to pull all the good things, all my little silver linings out, and then that's my way of being like, this is how you're going to get through it. Because don't look at what you've lost, look what you had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I totally get that. It kind of feels a little bit off topic, but are you happy to share three things about your sister that make you smile when you think of her? You know, I, I know you were young. But yeah, well, we used to share it. My mum used to dress us the same. She was born in 80 and I was born in 81, but she dressed us the same. We had bright blonde hair, big blue eyes. Um, She was super smart, super, super smart. And um, she used to just have these like, I I 
couldn't remember, but she, my mum used to have to call her a sequence of a sequence of names. So not just Lucy, it was like Princess Isabella. Like she was really, really quirky in her little like expressions and stuff. She had the most beautiful handwriting, better than my handwriting now. Um, yeah, she was just super smart, so caring. When we were at nursery, like I said, I've got a rebel soul. Um, I clearly didn't want to go to the toilet and wet myself. So I'd be punished. I'd be put on the chair and no one was allowed to talk to me. And she used to pack knickers, dry knickers. So if I wet myself, she could... She's, only, she's a year older than me. Wow. So I wouldn't have to sit... Yeah, that's the kind of kid she was. She had no rhythm, <laughs> but loved to move. The best dancers do. Yeah, she, yeah, she was just... That, I like when I think, oh, what would she have been? And like, she definitely would have been like university. Do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I just, I think through stuff that I've gone through in my life where I've made some really piss poor choices and, you know, basically harmed myself just through, you know, no self-esteem, not loving myself. And I used to just like daydream and be like, she definitely would have gone to university. She would have seen the world. She just had, I'm such a little, I'm like a hedgehog. I'm just like a little home bod, curl up in my ball, happy happy being where she would have just seen everything she 100% would have got married before she had children she would have read every book because I mean I love reading but that came later in life for me rebel soul didn't read at school um yeah she just I just think she just would have appreciated so much well, I think we, I think we know, don't we? Yeah. You know what what they would have been like. You get a sense. You, you like the way that you described her, is is like she was here today. Yeah. But that's that is the power of memory, isn't it? And yeah. and uh, and and those sort of special things because you can kind of take them on. And actually, for some reason, last night I was thinking about my dad, and and it was really weird. You know that when you're in that state of just falling off to sleep, and I was walking down the street with him, and it was like. I'd kind of, for some reason, I was thinking, I wonder what it'd be like if he was here today. And we were both just strolling down the street. Oh. And, and I, think, I think I was kind of relating it to my relationship with Otis, my son, and how we would be now, you know, with him being older yeah. and obviously be grey-haired and all that. So, yeah, that is the power of memory, isn't it? Do you believe in gifts, though? Do you believe in the other side? Yeah. I think your dad touched you last night. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think when... Those little things are in, things that never happened are implanted. I think that's just them letting you know. No, I I I believe yeah. that hundred percent. You can't walk down the street with you in real life, but yeah. they can. You know, I just think that we're too. The soul is just too powerful to just go out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just echoes of them so why can't echoes get a bit older and do you know what i i always know and he, i think you know sometimes i think he might be in this room now because you get the goosebumps yeah i don't know about you but no, I, get that, the fe- I get i get the, the feeling the hand yeah yeah there's I'll get like a, little, mm. a sense mm. and or you know i go really cold yeah um and and do you and, ever get the like someone's just walked past you but there's no shadow nothing and it's like that always know. makes me think of her Maybe sometimes. Yeah, happens but, all the time to me. But it's it is. I a, see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this podcast is turning into now. Yeah. Um, 
But I wanted to, to move on to, um, obviously, the other reason why we're talking today is, you know, you're currently living with stage four inflammatory breast cancer. And again, how has this impacted your life? And oh, God. how, you know, and I see through, you know, how you speak so openly on social media of how you are and how, how openly you talk about it, yeah. which is incredible. Um, but how, how, you know, how has it impacted you today? I mean, it impacts every, like every day is different. Every day is different. I just like, I've, knowing what I know and the fact that I'm going to do that to my, we're all going to do it to our children eventually. Hopefully we are all old when we die. And, you know, the thought of them having to go through anything that I've had to go through guts me, absolutely guts me. And I could quite, like, even, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever told anyone this before. I would, right at the beginning, when I got my stage four diagnosis, so incurable, statistics aren't great, are outdated, but anyway. And I was just like, I've got to make them not like me. I've got to really be hard on them, like, hard on them now. Mia's really got to, you know, stand up now she's got to sort of like be the mother role I don't want Bert to crumble I don't want him to be like I wish my mum was here what would my mum I didn't want that because I just you know you don't want your children to hurt so that is a that's a bit of a battle obviously I couldn't make my children not like me because I love them too much and I'm a like I'm a hugger or you know my Bert he likes a little head she just gave me a very nice hug before we started this (laughs) Mama. Big hugger. Yeah, I, yeah. and, um, you know, I'd have all my kids in my bed if I could. Kev could have his own room. So, yeah, that, toying with that idea. But again, because me is so much older, I have such a good insight as well because she gets to, I'll, I'll say things to her like, oh, you know, how would you feel if mummy made a video for you? on on, on your, She was like... I'd rather just have your picture, Mum. I'd rather that be up to me. Do you um do you talk to them about you know openly talk to them about obviously what the, yeah. the cancer and being yeah. stage four and age appropriately? Of course, yeah, of course. Me as an adult, um, and you know she's got access to the internet, so it was very important for me to never sugarcoat anything for her because I don't want her to be. I'm not going to be like it's okay, Mummy's going to be okay, darling. God forbid something happened, and then that's another thing. Oh, Mum lied to me. I, you know, she's gonna hurt regardless. But I just very, very conscious of not making any reasons for her to think that you know I've lied or like it was done to like don't talk about it. Protect you're not protecting anybody. So yeah, with her, very honest. Always have been. I was a single mum with her, so it was just me and her for such a long time before I met my husband. So, yeah, we've got quite a... And I guess because she's, what, 20? She's 20 in October. And then you have six and ten? Yeah. So how do you find the balance of talking to, like you say, age appropriately with, with all of your so kids? With, I mean, Effie doesn't know any different. So it's not like we sit down and have a family meet. You know, it, it because it's not done like it is in the soaps it's life isn't it so everything is just intertwined mm. Effie oh, she was a year when I was diagnosed so she doesn't know any any different nothing is shied away from we don't you know they've all seen my scars and but is is difficult in the respect that he gets very overwhelmed 
very overwhelmed and he's not he has a million questions but can't verbalize them so it's just knowing his little cues and stuff but terminology we you know we don't say oh mummy's mummy's special medicine it's chemotherapy it's radiotherapy but again I just don't want them ever to be or feel like I've I've lied to them or bamboozled them because I don't think sugarcoating things actually protects anybody I think it just makes that person feel more comfortable in that situation. I'm a bit more mindful because of the grief that actually once I've gone, everything needs to fall into place. Do you know what I mean? Because they're going to feel there's going to be a million unanswered questions. I'm not going to add to that by making it more comfortable for me to lie to them and be like, oh, you know, mummy's special medicine. And Well, you know, you mentioned about trying to get them to hate you, you know? yeah oh god if you didn't how if bad you is that if you weren't open no it's not bad at all because that's yeah. just a natural thought but one way to do that would be to not tell them and not be open yeah. with them and then they would be angry yeah so yeah Bert is probably the, the trickiest because of his age because of his personality he's very much like his dad very very inwards um and I do think since being died like his little personality changed he definitely has a little cloud of depression over him. That's just, you know, he just, he gets, he, you can just, you know, when you know your own kid and it's hard to describe, I can, I know his little cues. I know that little panic in his eye where he's not, not, not understanding, but the feelings are too big for him. And that's when I'll just squeeze his knee or give him a little head rub. So where there's no words, there, there's feeling. Mums are incredible like that because mm. I will, sometimes miss those cues I'm, I'm honest Simone will t- say look did you see Otis da 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 and I was yeah you're right you know because mums just kind of see that yeah those little things don't they because you're seeing them through your eyes but you're seeing out from their eyes as well do you know what like that's just I don't know if it's a woman thing or a mother thing but there's just that you're looking at somebody but you're also looking out of their eyes as well it's just yeah, my poor boy. Okay, I, I want to move on to some questions from the children at Bereavement Charity, Winston's Wish. Oh, I love Winston's Wish. It's an incredible charity, isn't it? It um, is. So the first question is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad? Music for me. Music and photos. I'm quite a, a, like a sensory person. So, yeah, like a, a happy song... Or, yeah, looking free photos. Well, the, the next question is, what piece of music lifts your mood on the difficult days? Have you got any songs that are just like, that's my go-to? <laughs> uh, Hotel California by the Eagles. Straight there. <laughs> Straight there. <laughs> and it's not even a particularly happy song. But it, it's it, a great riff, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's just something, it just puts you into a little trance. So it's not even about the, the, lyric, like the lyrics as such, but it's just... And it's just such an emotional, musically, ride. Yeah, that is my... It's a great band. Yeah. Okay, next one is, what do you do to remember the loved ones that have died on the important days across the year? So have you got any rituals that you do or ways to remember, like your sister or or, or anyone, you know, friends? I don't do anything on particular days as such, like birthdays and stuff. I just kind of... I've allowed myself for her to always be there. So I, I don't know, maybe to make birthdays less painful. 
but then I've had more of her birthdays without her so it's yeah yeah it was funny I was speaking about rituals this morning actually and how it doesn't have to be just that day a year yeah. it can be every day or just those little things that you do that you yeah. bring into your life you know mm-hmm. could be a walk in a special place or you know or every time anything. you see a robin yeah because they're you know yeah superstitious that's not the word feathers yep yeah. see a feather yeah yeah so just just allow yourself for them to always be there not as in you have to be in that sad feeling but don't limit yourself to a day or a you know, because I think when you celebrate their birthdays and stuff, it's sort of, it's very, it can be like stifling, the grief. So if you just kind of just do a little bit every day, not even consciously, but just allow yourself, just give yourself free reign. And I think it just becomes second nature. So then it's not just all built up for the, if only they were here, if only we would be doing, because it's too much. I've been doing this since 19, when did she die? 1988. I don't know how I would deal with it now. Do you know what I mean? If, like, my first grief was now. Yeah, but that's the thing. Grief doesn't have to be sadness no. and wallowing every day, no. does it? It can be happiness. Mm. And that you can have that feeling of grief, but obviously it could be a happy yeah. feeling of yeah. remembering and just making you smile. I think people forget that it isn't always the sad... Isn't I'll always just kick the, the table. <laughs> isn't always the sadness. But, um, yeah, okay. the gift... They're yeah, a gift. They are a gift. Any time that you get is you know, is a gift. So yeah, I would just yeah. Just do what do, you want when you yeah, want. Yeah, just allow yourself to feel them as and when. There's no right or wrong either. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, the next one is what three things are you most thankful for at the moment? Oh, my kids always. Um I know it's gonna sound really stupid, but my health. And I say this because, yes, I am very poorly, but also I am still here. I'm in Soho today. I'm, you know, recording this. So for me, my health, because even though it's failing, I still got it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's, definitely. So my health, my kids, like fat, my husband, <laughs> big shout out to Kev. Um, I just, I'm just, I feel very blessed which always shocks people. I honestly, I wake up in the mornings and I want to go straight back to sleep, obviously, because I'm human. But I'm like, yeah. This, I, I get another day of loving and living and you know, it sounds really cheesy. but It's not, because people forget yeah. that, don't they? And it's yeah. easy to forget it. But it's such an important lesson, mm. um, which kind of leads me on to the last question. Um, what would you like your lasting legacy to be for your husband and your children? To always be honest. Even if the honesty is uncomfortable, even if, this is what I have to say a lot of the time to people, because I'm like, let me just say what I'm feeling and then I'll explain later. That way, you know, if you've got to say something and you, you know, when you can't find the words and you don't want to offend them, I'm very honest and I'll just be like, listen, Mark, I need to say this my and then I'll talk about my intention so then you can get it out and then that just opens so just be open be honest don't worry about making other people uncomfortable that's not that's them that's the them thing make sure you're comfortable just live true don't be frightened don't be racist 
don't be misogynistic um don't hurt animals yeah basically Laura I just want to say a massive thank you <laughs> for that because listen it's been a long time coming um us sitting here but I'm so pleased that I've been able to Me do a face-to-face too. talk with you and it being you and there were conversations that I feel privileged to be in and uh, obviously every interview is fantastic today feels extra special for some reason and that's because it's yourself so thank you so much sorry there's a pigeon outside the window and I'm petrified of pigeons we'll take that as a sign feathers robins <laughs> pigeons <Yeah. laughs> oh the flapping um thank you for having me this has been really good sorry the pigeon has just taken all my thoughts on that note we shall leave yeah. the podcast and just say thank you so much again Laura cheers you're welcome